This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The NBA season this early is incredibly unpredictable, but so is the college basketball season. Tom Cunningham is a college basketball betting analyst, and hopefully, Tom, you can help us kind of sort through the chaos we've had you know, early on right now. We've obviously seen a ton of upsets. The rankings have moved around like crazy over the last couple of weeks. Just overall big impressions from what you've seen so far in the college basketball season in terms of teams that we should be fading you know, and teams that are still a very worthy bet. Yeah, well, right off the bat, uh, I think some of the Big Ten teams have been overlooked to start the season, which is kind of weird to say, considering it's the Big Ten and they're usually one of the top conferences in basketball every single year. But looking at Purdue, they didn't start the season within the top 25. I think now, you know, a lot of the media members and the experts, uh, they've really caught on to Purdue and Zach Eady in particular. And we'll get to him in a little bit in terms of the Wooden Award watch. I think he's a great contender and a great bet to place right now. Uh, but then you look at other teams like uh, Maryland and Wisconsin. Wisconsin's not even in the top 25 right now with a 7-2 and record. And so I do think that there are some outlier teams in the Big Ten that are kind of going overlooked in terms of being legitimate threats this year. And I know t- it's, it's a bit odd, again, because the Big Ten is usually one of the best conferences in college basketball. But at the beginning of the year, there were just a few teams in the Big Ten that I was stunned uh, that weren't getting a ton of top 25 votes. Again, most people have caught on to Purdue right now. But I think what Kevin Willard has done at Maryland uh, is nothing short of phenomenal. Again, it's early, and the season can change. There's a ton of months to be played still. Um, but based off just what we see in November, uh, Kevin Willard's done a tremendous job with Maryland. And I do think that a lot of people have kind of taken for granted what he did with Seton Hall at his time there. And to so, uh, and see him go now to Maryland and see some early success there, we'll see what happens in conference play. Obviously, things will change. But uh, I'm just real impressed with Maryland. And, uh, and and Purdue and Wisconsin, I think they've just been overlooked to start the year. And uh, we'll see what happens as the season progresses. We're watching UConn right now on the TV. Uh, winner of the Phil Knight Invitational. Uh, Dan Hurley, just an absolute maniac <laughs> on a night-to-night basis. Um, what are your thoughts on them so far uh, this year and how far that they can go? I actually had them going pretty deep in the tournament last year. And, and my heart was broken when they got eliminated a little earlier than expected. Well, I actually have UConn as one of two teams written down as uh, favorites I like to go far in the tournament. Now, when I say go far, I'm not saying that they're going to win the national championship. It would be great. But, uh, you know, a few wins to Sweet 16, Elite Eight, even the Final Four. What you see among teams that are successful in March Madness is they have – this is going to sound cliche – but they play on both ends of the court, both offense and defense. Well, how do you measure that? The efficiency rating is usually what I go to. So teams that have a good offensive efficiency rating and a good defensive efficiency rating with a good ratio, I tend to look at in the tournament. Houston fits that bill almost every year, at least for the past two or three years. But I bring all this up because UConn is actually, they actually have the best ratio in the country right now. Looking at some of their ratings, they have the 12th best offensive rating in the nation at 117.5. 
Then they have the 11th best defensive rating in the nation at 83.1. So they're doing it on both ends of the courts. And now I know you can say, well, they haven't really played a road game. Well, as you just mentioned, they're playing Florida right now. They're actually playing in Florida very well. Uh, I think they're up double digits right now. And every time Florida gets close, UConn kind of pulls away with uh, that lockdown defense. And golly, they have a great front court. Uh, some really good big men there at UConn. So I, I, I do like UConn a lot. Uh, and it's kind of funny that you brought him up because I actually I had him written down. Tom, what are your thoughts uh, early here on Villanova? Unfortunately, they didn't cover for me tonight against Penn, so they're kind of <laughs> on my list right now. But obviously, you're, you're one without Jay Wright. I still can't believe that he's just done. And they're four and five, which is weird for Villanova basketball. Do you think they could turn it around, You know, get back his uh, top 25 team, and maybe make a run to the tournament this year? Or do you think this is just going to be like a full rebuild season for Nova? Well, as a Syracuse fan, I can tell you that the season's <laughs> definitely not over for Villanova. They could go on a run. Uh, there's plenty of months to go, and then they could sneak into the tournament and find themselves in the Elite Eight like Jim Beheim teams typically do. Uh, so I, I honestly, I'm fine with Villanova in terms of being a team to keep an eye on as the season moves forward. Again, it's just so early. We have no idea what's yeah. going to happen. And then when conference play starts, I mean, the Big East, my goodness, is it's such a crapshoot. Uh, I still think UConn's the best team. I do think Creighton was a little bit overlooked. St. John's is a bit of a, bit of a false advertising. Uh, their record might not be, indicate how good they actually end the season. Uh, they tend to kind of fade away. The bigger the game, the harder they fall is what I like to say. Uh, my mom went to St. John's, so I kind of gave her a hard time for that. Uh, and then Seton Hall, you know, they lost Kevin Willard. So I think the Big East is kind of open, and I'm not ready to just crown UConn the champion right now, although I do think they're one of the best teams in the nation, and I think they're the best team in the Big East. I'm actually I'm glad you brought up the Big Ten earlier. You know, I'm watching Indiana right now. It looks like they're going to cover. They're going to win big tonight. They've looked good. You brought up Purdue already. They're both plus 300 to win the Big Ten. Big win for Illinois last night, obviously. They're plus 550, and then Iowa's played good basketball, plus 650. If you had to place a bet, and you also brought up Maryland, who's 8-1 to one right now, where would you go in the Big Ten? Like, what do you think the value pick is because you're getting at least three to one odds you know with with any team right now yeah uh, assuming it's the regular season yeah I'm, I'm okay with Purdue okay uh I, I really don't have an issue with the Boilermakers I think Zach Eady is right now my choice for the uh wooden award winner when you go through all the stats I mean it's quite phenomenal what he's accomplished uh he's first in efficiency rating among any player in the nation he's first in offensive plus minus at 12.4 within the box uh, and then he's got the best offensive rebound percentage at 20 and a half. I mean, I'm watching him play against, I think they're playing Hofstra. He looks like Yao Ming out there yeah. compared to all these other players. He's just dominating and towering. I really don't know who's going to stop him. And so, you know, I'm okay with Purdue. I don't think, you know, obviously Jay and Ivy leaving is, is a huge deal. But I think Zach Eady's really filled that void as the go-to player for Purdue. They're missing Travion Williams as well. So I really think Zach Eady, look, he's played behind both those players I just named. And they were staples in that Purdue team the last few years. And so I think Zach Eady has really taken the reins over. And he's done a good job. Again, this is all within just the month of November and in in about a week of December. Um, and I think Oscar Seaway is right there for Kentucky. Uh, but just sticking with the pack or the pack, the Big Ten, uh, I do think uh, Purdue is a good bet behind Zach Eady right now. Talking to Tom Cunningham, bet MGM tonight, uh, you know, bring up Jay Wright not being at Villanova anymore. There's also no more Coach K at Duke. I don't think anybody's looking at Duke at this point as a national title contender. They're 18-1 to to win the title, but we know that the books would love to bait you in on that. Uh, What is Duke's ceiling right now in their first year under John Shire? Oh, I mean, they could win the ACC. It's a winnable conference, uh, quite frankly. And I think Duke, a lot of people are a little bit rubbish on them to win it all because of the John Shire factor. You know, Coach K is not there. And so what can John Shire really do in his first year? 
Uh, I think Duke's ceiling is, I mean, a run in the tournament. Mm -hmm. They're that good. The talent is still there. You know, just because Coach K went away doesn't mean the talent did. It's still there. Uh, so how John Shire utilizes that will be interesting to see. I think the, the conference is there for the taking. I mean, the ACC is not what it used to be. Now, there are some surprising teams along the way. Uh, I think most people expected Virginia, Virginia Tech to be good. Pitt is suddenly good. Wake is showing signs of competitiveness as well. So we'll see what happens within the conference. But uh, I'm okay with Duke at 18-1. to 1. Those are actually some really good odds. Mm -hmm. I personally don't think they're going to win the national championship. I wouldn't put a bet on them solely because I don't think John Shire could come in year one and do it. Uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I just don't think Duke is a good bet this year, but I don't hate it at the same time, if that makes sense. Let's go over to the Pac-12 really fast because uh, Arizona, even without Ben Matherin, even without Christian Coloco, still has looked pretty good. Uh, only lost one yeah. game to Utah so far, ninth-ranked team in the country, um, according to Ken Palm in terms of just analytics. Uh, what do you think about the Pac-12 and where the value is there? Because I— I'm an Oregon Duck fan, and I saw them up close, and they might be <laughs> the worst version of Oregon that I've ever seen. Uh, quite frankly, I'm a little disappointed with the Pac-12. I still think UCLA, you know, I'm real high on Mick Cronin and what he's done with that program. And the run that they had, uh, I, I just really, you know, I can't really ignore it. I, I do like UCLA as the best team in the Pac-12, but overall it's been a little disappointing to me. I know Wazoo was supposed to be a little bit better than they have been. I don't think anyone was expecting Wazoo to go out win the Pac-12. Uh, but they certainly have not been playing up to the potential of what most people thought they could entering the season. It's supposed to be kind of a, a bright year for them, and they've kind of fallen flat. You mentioned Oregon already, so I won't go into that uh, too much more. Um, but then USC is the other one, and they've lost a few questionable games at best this year. I believe they lost at home to uh, Enfield's uh, alum, Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, so there's some irony there. Uh, but I do think that the Pac-12 has been a little bit more disappointing then uh, it has been impressive this year. But again, saying that, I still think UCLA is a national championship contender and the team that I would be circling out of the Pac-12. And I'm looking at them right now. You know, they're 20 to 1, same price as North Carolina, which is kind of crazy because we had such high expectations for them coming into the season. Duke, 18 to 1. What are your thoughts on Kentucky, though? I mean, the price isn't great, 12 to 1. It just seems like it always takes them, you know, like a month or two because they're always one and done guys. Calipari doesn't even put in his defense <laughs> till the second month. But what are your thoughts on them in the SEC this year? Do you think Kentucky's a national championship contender? I mean, it seems like they are every year, but um, at 12 to 1, what do you think about that price? Uh, 12 to 1, I'm probably not going to touch that. Uh, historically, Calipari teams do not shoot free throws well. Yeah. And for me, that's kind of a big deal when it comes to the tournament. It comes to a big deal when finishing out the tournament. The, the one thing that always stands out for me with Calipari teams and, and the free throw thing that lingers in my mind was the Memphis team against Kansas. I believe that was 2008. Um, and it was just missed free throws for days. And Kansas ended up winning. I think that was the, the year Mario Chalmers hit the shot. And so, you know, with Kentucky, yeah, they're going to be a contender because the talent's there. Calipari teams are always very good. But to actually close out March Madness, to win six games in a row, uh, I, I just can't back Calipari's free throw shooting history. It's just too rubbish, too skittish. I will say in the SEC, I do like Arkansas. Uh, I think they're very good. Yeah. I also think Auburn's being a bit overlooked as well. Yeah, I, I, The thing with the Razorbacks to me is that uh, I don't think we've really seen their full potential under Musselman as their head coach yet, which is kind of scary considering how good they have been. And I actually knocked Arkansas either last year or two years ago uh, because their out-of-conference schedule was just an absolute joke. Um, but then they went on a run within the SEC. They ended up, I think they were the three seed last year, and they proved me wrong. So 
Uh, I'm looking at Musselman's Arkansas group right now for me as probably the top SEC team. Yeah, and they don't even have Nick Smith back yet. So when they do, you have to <laughs> you have to imagine they're just going to go on a little bit of a heater. Uh, really quickly, before we let you run, you have about a minute and a half. Just thoughts on Gonzaga? Because, man, if they're not <laughs> feeding Drew Timmy or hitting, you know, catch-and-shoot threes on the perimeter, I mean, they're not doing a damn thing. Yeah, so... I'm an Atlanta Falcon fan. I always say the year we lost 28-3 in the Super Bowl, we missed the window. Like, just get, you know, that was it. Yeah. So I feel like that's similar with Gonzaga. Uh, a few years ago when they had uh, Kispert and Sugg, I, I just thought that was the best Gonzaga team they had. Um, and, you know, they're still, look, they're still a, a, a top team. I'm not picking them to win the national championship, though. For me, the weakness, ironically, is kind of their strength. It's Drew Timmy. And it's more to do with he's just, he's not a bully ball guy. And so when you start getting guys in the paint going up against Drew Timmy that are bigger than him, guys like Zach Eady, Oscar Seabway, uh, he's going to lose a lot of those battles. Uh, he has to bring his game out a little bit more. And quite frankly, he's not quick enough uh, to you know, have that perimeter game to get around some of the bigger guys that he is going to end up facing in the tournament. So I like Gonzaga in terms of you know, winning a few games. That, you know, they're going to beat these non-AP ranked school teams at home uh, throughout the regular season. But in terms of winning the national championship, uh, I just have a lot of concerns with their star, which is Drew Timmy, and it's the fact that he's just not strong in the paint. Uh, it's, it's just that simple. And so uh, I think they missed their window with Suggs and Kispert, and I thought that was the best chance they had at winning a national championship. I love Mark Few, uh, so it pains me to say that, but I think the window has, uh, has closed for Drew Timmy and Gonzaga. Tom Cunningham making us smarter when it comes to early season college basketball. Appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on. Oh, no worries. Thanks for having me.